Hello and welcome to the Blockchain and Us, where pioneers and thought leaders talk about their journey in blockchain technology, crypto assets, and the token economy. And I'm your host, Manuel Staggers. If you enjoy this podcast, please give it a top rating and review on iTunes, and feel free to follow me on Twitter at Manuel Staggers. This episode is brought to you by Descartes Finance. Descartes is the leading Swiss digital wealth manager, providing its products and services to individuals, family offices, charitable organizations, banks, and asset managers. Its investment strategies lead the way. They harness the largest know-how as only a digital investment advisor can. To learn more, please visit www.descartes-finance.com. My guest today is Zhang Ruidong. He is a professor in computer information systems at the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire in the United States and the founding director of the Blockchain Labs at the Academy of Internet Finance at Zhejiang University, one of the leading universities in China. His research areas include cloud computing architecture and optimization, blockchain technology applications, digital currency policy and regulations, e-commerce, and the development and application of the next generation internet. And now, to the interview. Zhang Ruidong, thanks a lot for taking time today. My pleasure. The, the Swiss consul in Shanghai introduced us recently because uh, we both were at some point part of his Future of Finance series in China. And China has said very early on that they're not so much in favor of cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin and ICOs, but very much in favor of the blockchain. So how exactly does that work? Um, blockchain, as we know, is a technology uh, uh, that enables uh, Bitcoin. Uh, blockchain is believed to have more application areas in different industries, uh, in different aspects of our society. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason that uh, digital currency or Bitcoin uh, or ICO uh, is uh, restricted in China is because uh, people uh, who are not uh, well informed may make a lot of uh, uh, investment mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in China, uh, a lot of people uh, tend to think something that's new or uh, something uh, they believe uh, some people uh, told them could uh, make them quick money and they possibly will jump um, on the um, opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Chinese government uh, is very cautious uh, in um, not uh, want uh, a lot of people uh, to be uh, uh, misled or to make uh, investment uh, uh, mistakes. So protection of investors in China is also uh, is what the, the Chinese government is trying to do. Um, then, of course, we know SEO, initial coin offering, uh, has a lot of uh, uh, misleading projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have actual technology. Uh, they misuse the term of blockchain or digital currency to fool people around. 
uh, that's also why government trying to you know uh, prohibit uh, or restrict uh, the SEOs uh, in China. Right now, as we know globally, there are over 1,500 digital currencies. A lot of them are actually what we call tokens. Um, you know, over these 1,500 tokens or cryptocurrencies, a lot of them have no, you know, real technology behind uh, or underlying them. So that's a, that's the key reason. Yeah. Uh, when when did that become clear in China to the government? In actually, the ICO was uh, started, you know, in 2016, 2017, uh, and then uh, the trend in the first half of uh, 2017. Uh, was uh, accelerated, uh, and then uh, after being aware of the uh, problems uh, or potential problems, uh, the Chinese government uh, issued regulations and policies in September uh, in 2017 mm -hmm. to prohibit ICOs uh, to be um, used uh, in China. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that was exactly the last time I was, I was in China, and that was right then was was the big news. Um, but you know, many many people I speak with, they say, blockchain technology without a cryptocurrency will never work. So, what what do you think about it? I think it is uh, it is true uh, to a large uh, extent. Um, you know, bit. Uh, Blockchain was initially uh, invented and used uh, in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. The initial purpose of blockchain was to be used as the general ledger or distributed ledger to store uh, the value or to allow value to be transferred uh, globally uh, without a central uh, you know, bank or central authority. Uh, but blockchain wasn't um, uh, designed in the very beginning uh, to be used for other areas. For example, uh, for identity verification, for certificate verification, uh, for other uh, application areas like uh, supply chain financing. Uh, therefore, um, uh, blockchain, you know, has to be modified. Mm -hmm. um, for example, in the original Bitcoin design, you have to mine, all right? You have to uh, solve a puzzle to earn the right to create a block and then to earn a Bitcoins, all right? Which is called mining. But for some other applications, do we still need to use the mining process? All right, have people uh, have a, a lot of computers working together to solve a puzzle, to earn the right, to create a block, to earn Bitcoins or to earn other types of digital currencies. Um, so that's uh, the, the, the kind of like how the Bitcoin was initially designed. Mm -hmm. But with the other applications, um, we still need to answer a question. Why people are motivated to 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 be part of your blockchain uh, system? Right. 
to help you create blocks. So the incentive problem has to be solved uh, for the blockchain systems. The initial Bitcoin, the you know, is the incentive is uh, you earn the right, and then you also in the same time earn Bitcoins. So that's the incentive. So for other applications, then you have to answer the question how people will be motivated to, for example, upload their information to the blockchain. For example, do I want to upload my social security secu number? Do I want to upload my driver license to the blockchain? Why would I be motivated? So the motivation has to be uh, due, has, have, has to be solved. So that's why to a large extent, no matter it's a, it's a, it's a token or it's a, some uh, form of uh, uh, cryptocurrency, uh, it need to be uh, generated in the same time the blockchain is being uh, expanded. So that's why I think uh, it's uh, essential for the blockchain solutions to have an incentive system. And this incentive system can be in multiple forms. It can be, you know, a token, digital token, or a type of a cryptocurrency. But the bottom line is that you must have, have something that's real, that's of real value to people for you to issue the tokens and for other people to accept the tokens as a form of incentive or a form of, um, you know, um, uh, payoff. Pay but um, currently in China, there, there, there are no exchanges, right? Or I mean, I, I, I thought that uh, the exchanges were shut down. Yes, all of the, you know, we used to have a major uh, exchanges last year, uh, like Bitcoin China. Uh, after I think last uh, September, October, um, I think uh, all of them have moved out of uh, China. Mm -hmm. So they have landed in places like uh, Hong, Hong Kong, Singapore. Uh, some of these uh, currencies landed in uh, uh, USA or other places. Uh, so basically, the, I think the Chinese government uh, is uh, clear uh, that uh, um, uh, digital currency trading is uh, very speculative. It's uh, not uh, uh, considered a normal investment behavior. That's why it uh, uh, were uh, prohibited and then uh, this uh, digital currency exchange moved out of China. Mm -hmm. But can can people living in China, can they still legally own cryptocurrency that they bought abroad somewhere? Well, the, the China is not blocked by, at least as of now, is not blocked by the by the government or to my knowledge is blocked by the, by the government. Uh, so people have different ways uh, to buy uh, digital currencies uh, overseas. Um, as long as you have internet access, uh, I think there are ways uh, for you to uh, buy or treat uh, digital currencies. Um, there might be, uh, you know, regulations that uh, uh, prohibit these channels to sell or treat 
digital currencies uh, for Chinese citizens. But we don't have, I haven't seen a regulation like this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, published on the newspaper or on the uh, internet. And then we have friends, we know people uh, in China uh, who, you know, um, live in China, uh, but they can do the uh, digital currency trading using overseas uh, exchanges. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it hasn't it hasn't exactly worked the the ban on cryptocurrencies. Then I think uh, to a large extent, uh, yes. For example, uh, if you want to trade digital currencies overseas, uh, then you must know the channel. Uh, you must uh, know how to operate it. It's not a very uh, straightforward like before. Uh, you must have a certain uh, technical skills, uh, or you must have a uh, someone, uh, you know, like a middleman uh, working for you to make this uh, uh, make this happen. I'd like to speak, or I'd like to ask a little more about the the current developments that you see of of maybe startups working on blockchain technology in China. Um, what what kind of projects do you see them focusing on at the moment? Um. There are different kinds of uh, projects uh, that are undertaken by Chinese startups. For example, the major areas include uh, um, supply chain uh, financing, um, the um, um, intellectual property protection, um, uh, some project. Uh, want to develop uh, uh, cross-chain uh, uh, platforms. So allow digital currencies or tokens to be transferred between different uh, uh, blockchain systems. Uh, there are also uh, startups uh, who want to uh, uh, solve uh, problems uh, in other areas, for example, uh, the um, security exchanges um, or uh, the uh, overnight uh, loan between banks, mm-hmm. um, the uh, the payment uh, system between banks. What about um, identity? Is there a focus on solutions like these as well? Uh, there are, uh, to my knowledge, there are uh, some startups trying to, you know, come up with uh, some solutions uh, in this area. Uh, we, uh, I mean, the, specifically to what we are doing, we are also, um, or my team is also uh, in the process of uh, uh, trying to develop a proto system, prototype system uh, about uh, uh, identity verification and then uh, uh, how people can uh, become a part of the system, uh, be willing to or motivated to upload their um, identities uh, or identity uh, document to um, a blockchain system. Mm-hmm. When when you start a company like this in the in the blockchain field, how how closely are you working with 
the regulatory body in China. I mean, I, I think in China, there's China has its own regulator for blockchain technology, I believe. And, and how closely do they want to be involved with, with the development there? Um, I think to answer this question, uh, you have to know that uh, the area you're working uh, with uh, is that subject to existing uh, regulations. Uh, for example, if uh, uh, the solution or the, the, the problem you're trying to solve uh, involves uh, uh, borrowing money, and then it will be subject to the, uh, the regulations uh, which is about uh, uh, what interest you may charge, what, uh, uh, where you want to get your license so you can lend people money. Uh, but in some new areas like uh, identity verification, identity document uh, uh, uploading to a blockchain system, uh, these are new areas. Uh, we haven't seen any regulations which, is, which says that uh, um, you cannot do this or you cannot do that. Uh, so um, new areas, uh, certainly, um, you know, kind of like uh, a, uh, a gray area uh, or a, you know, white area where um, you don't, you cannot find existing regulations um, that uh, govern uh, these areas. So these are areas, you know, what we call our, you know, new areas. Uh, when you develop products in these areas, maybe eventually you need to uh, work with the government or, 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 or um, uh, by communicating with the regulatory bodies and then see if some new regulations can be developed. But in the beginning, um, we don't see any big uh, issues in new areas. Uh, where you know you cannot do this or you cannot do that. Mm -hmm. Have you? I mean, we we talked a little bit also about other jurisdictions before. You know, the U.S. or or Switzerland. Um, have you looked into starting projects in in other areas outside of China as well? Uh, no, basically outside of China. Basically, we uh, are doing um, case studies. Uh, see uh, and then to learn elsewhere uh, what uh, are being uh, developed or what are the latest uh, uh, development uh, in terms of applying blockchain technologies to solve uh, uh, to solve um, uh, problems. Hmm. Well, what what uh, so kind of differences do you see there? You know, from companies in China approaching that the blockchain as a technology com in comparison to maybe the US or, or Europe? In, uh, as some, a few differences. There, there are a few differences. Um, one is that uh, um, uh, Western countries like uh, US or uh, Switzerland, uh, the regulatory bodies um, are uh, more... Um, um, responsive to the uh, latest uh, development. For example, uh, in Switzerland, um, some uh, new regulations about SEO uh, have been developed. So uh, the regulation, I think, uh, uh, in Western countries um, are more uh, responsive or uh, they want to uh, quickly have uh, regulations out um, uh, 
And in this aspect, Chinese regula regulatory bodies sometimes is uh, uh, a little bit, uh, you know, conservative. Uh, they uh, possibly want to make sure, um, you know, everything is uh, um, safe or uh, secure um, before some, uh, or become a little bit more mature before uh, regulations can, uh, can come out. Uh, so this is uh, one area of uh, difference, which means uh, how fast uh, a country's uh, regulatory bodies can respond to the latest uh, technology development. And also, on the other hand, this is another area of uh, uh, difference, uh, yes, which is uh, in uh, Western countries, uh, the technology companies um, uh focus more uh, on the long-term or longer-term uh, development uh, instead, instead of uh, uh, I'm trying to focus on short-term uh, uh, money-making opportunities because SEO or issuing digital tokens uh, can quickly make uh, some people get rich uh, fast. Uh, so in the, in this area, um, basically this is about you know the people, the entrepreneurs. Uh, you know, are you focusing on short term or long term? Uh, so this is also one area of uh, uh, different. But uh, uh, the Chinese entrepreneurs uh, over the last uh, you know 20, 30 years are also becoming more and more uh, mature. So they uh, you know also. Uh, want to look for long-term uh, uh, paybacks uh, but there's still some uh, you can you can still see some uh, uh, difference in this uh, in this area mm. uh, and another area would be the uh, who is uh, uh, the go the rule of government the in China government is uh, pushing uh, the um, development uh, of new uh, blockchain uh, technology applications um, uh, aggressively. Uh, how but exact, in Western how exactly are they are they doing that? Uh, for example, the uh, in China they, they, they put this in the government uh, um, kind of like a, like the state of un union, you know that type of uh, report, government report, uh, kind of like uh, uh, at the policy level, they encourage uh, government at different levels to support uh, the you know the creation of uh, uh, new uh, innovation uh, zones, or they create uh, a special zone for the blockchain firms uh, to be landed in this area, and then uh, in the same time uh, enjoy some uh, tax. Uh, reduction uh, benefit or some other um, uh, benefits. Mm -hmm. You mean these these special economic zones? That's right. It's special economic zones, or we call it, uh, uh, economic zones or uh, innovation zones. Yes. Is there a, um, one of these or several of these zones already focusing on blockchain technology? Yeah, in in Hangzhou, there's uh, several um, innovative zones. Uh, that have already been created uh, just especially for the blockchain firms uh, to be landed in this uh, uh, in these areas.
Uh, and then other places like, uh, you know, Shanghai, like uh, uh, Beijing, uh, like Shenzhen, and they also have a similar uh, policies or similar uh, innovative zones to uh, encourage uh, blockchain firms uh, to come to uh, come to their their their, their locations. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's it's quite unique that uh, already at the highest policy level there is this focus on blockchain technology. Um, I tend to disagree with you a little bit because there are, um, um, you know, it, it's for any new technology, uh, in the beginning, it's always a mix of reality and uh, uh, myths or imaginations. Um, if we look look at uh, where the uh, Bitcoin, digital currencies, or uh, blockchains are being embraced. Uh, with some places, uh, are kind of like a little bit to our uh, surprise. Uh, for example, Cambodia. Mm-hmm. Cambodia is creating uh, also like a special, like what you said a little bit uh, uh, ago. Uh, you know, special. Uh, economic zone, all right, to uh, encourage the digital currency or SEO firms uh, to come to uh, Cambodia. Uh, Venezuela, we know Venezuela has a lot of problem with the, their own uh, currency. You know, there's a, they have a tons of problems with, with the inflation problem. But they're also trying to issue their own uh, digital currencies backed uh, by the oil, but you know, mm, the they're, petro, they're, they're, right? Yeah, yeah, petrol, yeah. So, other countries, uh, you know, some countries in Africa, okay, they also want to see if can something can be done here, right? So, with uh, cryptos, and of course, uh, one fundamental understanding we should have is that for these countries, they like a lot of infrastructure, they uh, also like a lot of. Uh, talents in this area. So these countries, when they want to do something about uh, digital currency or blockchain, basically they want to have their own policy to attract talents from elsewhere to come to their uh, countries to to start some uh, uh, blockchain or digital currency project. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think, yeah, I think globally, um, you can classify the countries maybe into two categories. Uh, the first category, like uh, USA, like Swiss, Switzerland, like uh, other European countries, uh, they want to uh, see uh, if blockchain technology can offer new solutions to some existing problems. But then we also, the second category, other countries who are speculative, they want to see, well, can I... Um, take advantage of this technology, um, bring some benefit to, to, to my country. So this is uh, basically, you know, two categories. So mm-hmm. Interesting point. I wasn't aware of that. I, I mostly look at Western countries and there there is a lot of favorable regulation for ICOs, cryptocurrencies, uh, but there is not a push 
And so that's that's very surprising what you just said there with these Asian countries that have on the policy level that that really try to attract a lot of the companies. Have you have you seen entrepreneurs in China who want to be active in blockchain technology? Have you seen them leave and go to other countries where they think maybe they have better better chances of success or just a better ecosystem? Well, um, you know, when we talk about uh, blockchain, when we talk about uh, digital currency, basically we see two categories of people. Uh, the people who are in the category of uh, cryptocurrency and also people who are in the category of blockchain technology. Uh, for the blockchain technology people, I think, uh, you know, they, they just want to find solutions. Uh, they want to have their new start startups in uh, in mature or stable countries, but for the pe for people who are in the uh, category of uh, cryptocurrency, uh, they want to go to places where there are uh, favorable regulations or favorable tax uh, policies. Uh, so these people, uh, we see the go to the uh, countries like uh, you know Cambodia, Singapore. Um, you know, um, a lot. So there are two categories of people. So depending on which category of people you are talking about, uh, we see big, uh, you know, kind of like uh, uh, all the flows of them to go to overseas. Uh, but blockchain people, I, I, I don't see them have, uh, you know, have a big reasons to move overseas. Mm -hmm. But is there also some kind of brain drain associated to that? Well, blockchain is new. Um, Bitcoin has been, you know, started uh, in 2009. For, it has been around for a number of years. But in terms of developing blockchain solutions, in terms of developing blockchain systems for, uh, you know, to solve uh, different problems, uh, yes, we like uh, uh, people who uh, have skills um, not only in the programming, but also internet uh, and other uh, and then the, the specific application areas. For example, understanding how the existing banking system works, how the existing systems handle the business transactions. Um, uh, let alone, you know, the technologies change uh, also very rapidly and evolving so fast. For example, a few years ago, uh, have we heard about uh, the programming language called Go or uh, Solidity? No. And these are the new languages just came out uh, just, you know, a few years ago. Uh, so the it takes time to train skilled gra the graduates who are skillful in this new technologies to develop the new systems. Yes, so I agree with you. There is a brain drain there, uh, you know, a lack of uh, uh, talents. Uh, so the, basically, we have to train people, um, you know, uh, to, to, to be productive in developing uh, these new uh, blockchain-based uh, solutions. Let's take a quick break for a message from our sponsors. Descartes Finance takes tradition into the future harnessing a combination of cutting-edge technology and personal advice in the service of your personal interests. 
The card cuts through the financial noise and focuses exclusively on scientific and evidence-based investing to give investors a better understanding of how to view the financial markets and provide them with their respective investment strategies. To learn more, please visit www.descartes-finance.com. That's D-E-S-C-A-R-T-E-S-finance.com. We have to train people, um, you know, uh, to 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 be productive in developing uh, these new uh, blockchain-based uh, solutions. Mm-hmm. Are there also policies that focus on that, on the on the education in the blockchain field? Well, at least in uh, some major Chinese universities like uh, Zhejiang University, uh, they have started uh, or they're going to offer uh, their first uh, blockchain-based uh, uh, um, uh, classes, uh, either at uh, the graduate level uh, or maybe at uh, a kind of like, like a seminar class level. Um, so there are initiatives uh, in major universities, um, you know, who uh, have started uh, or, uh, or going to start offer offering uh, classes uh, related to blockchain technologies. Right. I mean, in your view, do you think people overestimate what the technology can do? Well, in the beginning, I think this is a good thing. You know, um, in the beginning, we always mix uh, reality with uh, imaginations or mix uh, reality with uh, myths. Um, so in the beginning, uh, you know, we trying to see um, or explore all kinds of uh, opportunities. Um, uh, but we should um, really uh, adopt an attitude uh, which is uh, you should be um, um, not. You should not have a, a hot head, all right. To to try to um, 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 mislead people, to um, um, make a speculative uh, investment or decisions, uh, assuming uh, this technology. Uh, is going to bring quick uh, money uh, to you. So, um, so I think uh, you know this is a a, a a mature what a mature society uh, uh, the behavior uh, the, a mature society should have. When did you originally get in touch with uh, with Bitcoin or with blockchain technology? Uh, my initial um, um, awareness of uh, Bitcoin that was 2012, uh, around 2012, 2013. Uh, and then my, uh, um, I got a lot of involvement with blockchain that was around 2014-2015. Um, so um, since then, we did uh, some uh, uh, research in this area, case studies, and also um, we we, we uh, published a few reports in this area, and also including the uh, research paper about uh, uh, central bank uh, issued 
uh, fiat digital currency. I wanted to ask one more question about this mentality. And I mean, we have the currency use case for blockchains, as we've seen, right, with Bitcoins and all kinds of other cryptocurrencies. And then we have the information, the immutability, the censorship resistance use case. Is is that later use case sometimes at odds, you think, with with developments in China? Um, well, um, uh, let me use an example to, to try to maybe uh, shed some light uh, in this area. Um, internet uh, has become uh, something that uh, we cannot uh, live without on a daily basis. Um, can you shut down the internet completely? Can you uh, see, well, I uh, don't want um, our people to access uh, internet. Um, so this is one area uh, which uh, is um, the technology has become part uh, uh, of uh, what we have. Uh, it has become an integral part of our life. Uh, you cannot separate the technology from us. When the technology becomes something like this, you want to take the technology away. You basically take part of our life away. So for the blockchain technology, when it evolves, when it becomes something like the influence or the impact that the internet is having on us, then possibly no one can completely shut down the technology from our, uh, our, our daily life. So this is a, a perspective I have, and then this is um, um, I think uh, a perspective we should have uh, regarding the blockchain uh, technologies. So to summarize, technology is important. Technology once become part of ourselves, and then to take it away will become an impossible thing. So when we see that uh, blockchain allow data to be permanently stored, and then it's on a distributed system. Can you shut down the system completely? And then it becomes uh, completely impossible. So then when that happens, and then when every part of our society, you know, has this, this type of technology implemented, and then the, the society will evolve. So this is the impact of technology on modern society possibly you know uh, nobody or no government no one can uh, uh, prevent that from happening mm -hmm. so fascinating i mean do you really think it will change the world well like what i said you know the technology evolves um, we see the huge potential but the potential need to be tapped 
Uh, another example is artificial intelligence. You know, artificial intelligence the concept was uh, conceived in 1950s. And then right now we see what we call the fourth wave. So we, we see technology goes by waves, wave one, wave two, wave three, wave four. 1990s with, with what we call wave three. So now it's wave four. But from 1950s to the current wave of uh, artificial intelligence, we see more and more applications that uh, AI or artificial intelligence or machine learning is being used. But do we see AI or machine learning is being used everywhere in our everyday life? Um, not yet. But do we believe artificial intelligence or machine learning have a huge potential in the future, in our future? I think if you ask one person, possibly 90% of people will say yes. So about blockchain, I think right now, maybe you ask 100 people, maybe 60 or 70% will say yes, I see the huge potential. Uh, but how blockchain is going to change everything, uh, the way we live our life, the way we do business, um, hard to predict, but potential is huge. Uh, but would there be a scenario where the blockchain is going to be eventually turned out to be a huge social act, act, uh, ex experimentation failure? Um, well, that possibility is still real. So let me give you another example. I don't know if you have heard about WiMAX. WiMAX 10 years ago was believed to change the way we communicate globally. So you take your cell phone or smartphone, which you bought in uh, Switzerland, and you want to go to visit China. The moment you landed in China, WiMAX promised you, you have the instant connection, wireless connection. You can make voice phone calls, you can check internet, you can, you can basically do whatever with the internet connection, broadband wireless connection. So the promising was great. And also many people at that time, 10, 15 years ago, WiMAX is going to replace at that time what we call 2G, 2.5G to become the 3G or 4G, right? But that never happened. And then big companies like Canadians Northern Telecom, I don't know if you, if you heard about this company. Mm -hmm. The Northern Telecom was um, Canadian's number one telecommunication firm. Equipment manufacturer, you know, like uh, China's uh, Huawei or ZTE, you know, these days. And then they made a strategic mistake. They bite everything on WMAX. So they made big strategic mistakes. And then that really eventually lead to the company to go bankrupt because when people figured out WiMAX is not going to replace 2G, 25G, um, it's that, that uh, expectation is not going to happen. Right, but they bet and on then, the wrong horse. Yes, they bet on the horse. So you can see the, that lead to the Northern Telecom to go bankrupt. 
And also, another example is USA Sprint. Sprint is not do, used to be the number two big carrier in US, but now it's number four, number five. It's becoming a target of acquisition. So back to blockchain. Do we think blockchain is going to be everything? You know, the right now many people, some people paint a very rosy picture about the future of blockchain. But for that to happen, a lot of hard work still need to be done. The ecosystem still need to be formed to be created for this technology to reach or to realize its full potential. What we see right now. The potential is huge. Uh, the future society will be beautiful with the blockchain technology. Uh, but for that to happen, a lot of work, a lot of infrastructure, a lot of government regulations still need to be uh, changed, need to be uh, developed. Um, you know, eventually, only the future will tell. You know, where right now our bet on this technology. Is a great strategic bet or not? But you know, as of now, I I do believe the future. It has a future. It has a huge future. It has huge potentials. I mean, you mentioned WiMAX before. You know, I think it. Of course, people knew about WiMAX, but I don't think many people got extremely excited about WiMAX. And with blockchain technology, it really you have people who believe that this will change everything and society will be entirely different in in the future because of this technology. And you know, sure, not to not to belittle WiMAX, but it was just it didn't carry that excitement, right? Um, like other technologies before the blockchain. Uh, it is true. Um... YMAX, if you want to compare apple to apple, orange to orange, YMAX is more like a, a pure technology, uh, which doesn't have a lot of uh, social implications. But blockchain is a technology, but it's a technology which is in many ways similar to the internet technology, has a lot of uh, social implications. So. It's kind of like, uh, you know, the technology become part of ourselves, that type of technology, which means we cannot uh, go without, cannot live without. Another good example is a smartphone. You know, this has become something if you go anywhere, if you leave your smartphone at home, leave your smartphone somewhere, you will become upside, you will feel you are in a very bad situation. Maybe in the future, Blockchain will become our will be our new smartphone. We cannot live out. I do believe this is a potential. Yeah. But what is it that makes this technology, you know, so important? What is it exactly? Well, we you know the internet has created huge benefit to us. If I want to buy something, my first thought would be, I'm going to search the internet to see if I can buy this on my uh, favorite uh, e-commerce website, all right? If I can find this, I'm just gonna make an order. I'm not going to go to the brick and the mortar stores to buy it. So that's uh, the, how the, uh, the, 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 the technology is part of our daily life, is 
Yes, but the, the reason that is this way, it's because it's convenient, it's less expensive, yes. it's fast, yes. right? And and with with the blockchain, I think it's still, you know, for people working in the field, it's clear or many people are very, very clear about its potential. But if you if you walk in the street and ask people what is a blockchain, I'm sure many wouldn't know. No. Uh, because you know the blockchain only started a few years ago. Uh, I mean, uh, we use blockchain to solve other social problems. Only started a few years ago, but you you, you can imagine a few scenarios or use cases where the blockchain is essential to our future life. Let me give you a few examples. Right now, you go to a grocery store, right? You go to a grocery store, you buy some stuff, you give them the cash, right? And then they give you the whatever you want to buy. Do they know who you are? Do they ask who you are? They don't. They just see, well, the money you give to me is a legal, uh, you know, currency. I'm going to accept it. So then I'm going to sell you my product to you, all right? So it's a done deal. And then when we become more and more used to the internet, what we call cyberspace, all right, we more become more and more used to buying stuff in the internet, all right, um, um, communicating over internet, okay, socializing over the internet. And then we have the problems, which is we're going to lose our anonymity. Right, we're going to uh, basically whatever we do on the internet, on the current cyberspace, we are going to leave a fingerprint or footprint, digital footprint. If if someone right now we're on Skype, right? If someone want to intercept our conversation, they they can, they they have ways to do this. For example, do we trust this Skype is owned by Microsoft? Do we trust Microsoft? What if Microsoft is 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 is, is uh, um, uh, doing some uh, reconnaissance? All right. What if Microsoft is uh, uh, in the back room is monitoring our conversations? It's possible. Oh, it's not possible. It's definitely yes. For example, if a government want to track what uh, uh, we're talking about, they can certainly. Uh, you know, uh, do some uh, surveillance, right? Uh, so this is a sub current cyber space, a big issue, all right? So with the blockchain solution, our anonymity can be, to a large extent, can be um, protected using encryption, using uh, privacy protocols. So in many ways, you can view blockchain technology as a privacy protocol. So like you give me money, I give you uh, the product. So I don't need to know you or you don't you don't need to tell me your identity. So this is what, um, you know, one of the potentials that the blockchain uh, technology can bring to us in the future, which means to protect or privacy. And now as we know, privacy is one of the cornerstone um, uh, foundations we have in modern society. So protect anonymity, protect 
our identity allow us to make transactions. And then in these transactions, we do not want our identities to be reviewed. We don't want to leave a digital footprint. And then this is one area why many people believe uh, blockchain, you know, is uh, uh, going to um, be important in our future life. Mm -hmm. You know, I often hear the argument where people say, absolutely, you know, blockchain technology can be used to, you know, maybe pseudonymize certain things online. But at the same time, do you really need a blockchain for many of those applications? Couldn't you also just use encryption? I mean, you before you mentioned Skype, Skype at the beginning was encrypted. And then, you know, when, I'm not sure, I think it was eBay first and then other companies and then Microsoft owned it slowly, that was stripped away and now it's not encrypted anymore. So it could just be encrypted again, but you don't necessarily need blockchain technology for that. That's a good, that's, this is a very good observation. Uh, and then we get back to the blockchain basics. Um, do you want to have a centralized encryption or you want to have a distributed encryption? Mm, good point. Yeah. Yeah. That's the argument. Indeed. Um, it, um, blockchain technology um, essentially is an overlay technology overly you know, you know what I'm talking about right it's a technology above another technology um, and also you have to have the right technical background to appreciate the potential this blockchain technology may be able to bring us so you have to put yourself in the future right you have to bring, put yourself in the future and look back and then see what can we do to uh, put ourselves, you know, in the future. So it's kind of like, a, um, more like a catch-22 type of problem. So you put yourself in the future and say, well, I want to protect my identity. I don't want a central authority to, to be able to track my daily activities in the cyberspace, all right? And then you will see, well, we need to have some. Then right now we need to have some solution, technology, technical solution uh, to move us from current to the future. So this is a way of thinking. This is a way to justify why blockchain has some potential to move us from current to the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's, it's all very good points. I'm just wondering still, you know, um, because... There's nothing more centralized than a government and a, a nation state. And, and of course, you know, it's, I mean, if you look at all the surveillance apparatus that came out of the NSA, out of the US, I mean, that was to centralize all that information and to, to gather it and analyze it in one place. So it's the opposite of, you know, of all the pluses that blockchain technology, you know, promises. Yes. I just wonder how long I just wonder how long it will be until that really openly and overtly clashes. Well, eventually, well, you know, eventually, the, the many countries, um, you know, there would be uh, a lot of challenges, uh, like uh, the existing uh, uh, civil rights law. Uh, the existing uh, government regulations, uh, even the culture, you know, even the culture may need to be 
uh, changed uh, for something uh, uh, dramatic uh, to happen. Uh, for example, social media. We have become so used to the social media. In China, we call that WeChat. In U.S., we call Facebook. We forgot that these companies are selling our information to make a profit. And then these companies um, are um, monitoring our communications. They are um, storing our data on their central servers. They use the data they have collected as their digital asset. As you will, and they give it back to our, to the national. That's that's agency. the point. That's the point. So, and then the culture we we become so used to it, we forgot this. The culture, therefore, is you want to be my friend, add me to your you know, social media friends circle or add me to your social media. So that's the culture. But in the future, the culture might be changed. You want me to add to your friend circle. Do you have certain level of privacy protection so I can add myself to your friend circle? So that's the culture change. As a culture change, you know, the society change, technology evolves. So does, you know, a... Uh, society's culture. So there, we should see, you know, a lot of fascinating mm, things uh, happening uh, in the next few years. There will be clashes, yes. There will be possibly some government think, uh, you know, this should prohibit it and that should prohibit it. You know, a lot of these things would bring us, you know, an exciting, you know, future to uh, um uh, to to expect or to uh, to to watch, you know. Mm -hmm. Has that ever happened to you that you know maybe somebody close to the government or from the government itself said, oh, you know, you cannot say that or be careful here with 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 you know exploring this too deeply. Well, it's still too early um, because nobody, for example, right now saying, well. Um, I have to um, um, maintain my uh, identity, all right, without uh, letting the government uh, to know how much money I make uh, uh, or without uh, uh, letting uh, uh, the government uh, organizations uh, uh, to uh, know my, uh, you know, daily uh, life patterns. What do I do on daily basis? What what uh, uh, what's my lifestyle? Uh, so this this technology is in is still in its early stage. If this technology is heading to that direction, then sooner or later, some issues will be uh, will be uh, generated. And when that happens, we should see a lot of uh, maybe not just the technology, but also social technology change. This is one of the interesting academic discipline which is study the social technical uh, impact, social technical you know uh, interactions. Um, so 
right now the technology technology is too early. Uh, a lot of things is unfolding itself. Uh, we are not very clear, you know, the consequences. Uh, we only see the potentials. And also, people tend to believe when we see the potentials, uh, we typically see the potentials from a very positive perspective. So we paint the future very rosy, but uh, when that happens, possibly there's something we don't want. So this is a very, I think, uh, practical attitude. So for, for technology, for any technology, this will be the you know uh, i think with the attitude right attitude we should have mm -hmm. fascinating i mean this is it's really interesting to speak with you about these these issues and i'm i'm sure there's many of the specific things that you touched upon that we could have a whole conversation about you know maybe maybe separately in the future jang rudong thanks a lot for taking time today thank you it's my uh, pleasure Thanks so much for joining us today. More info on our guests and our sponsors is in the show notes of this episode and on the podcast website, theblockchainandus.com. To help people find this podcast, it's important that you download, subscribe, and give it a top rating and review on iTunes or on the podcast platform of your choice. I'm Manuel Staggers, and I thank you very much for listening. <laughs>